Hey y'all, and welcome back to Uplift Fit Nutrition Radio. I'm your host, Lacey Dunn, future registered dietitian, here to spread the scientific knowledge in the worlds of fitness and nutrition. I want to thank you so much for joining in with me today. Get ready to learn, get excited, and let's get moving. Hey guys, so today I have an amazing guest. Her name is Stacy Mattinson. She's a registered dietitian. She was actually the state media representative for Texas Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and she has done amazing things in the world of nutrition, and I'm super excited for her to talk about her background, who she is, and the, the special topics of today. So Stacy, can you let my listeners know a little bit more about you and your background? Yeah, of course. Um, as Lacey mentioned, I'm Stacey Mattinson, registered dietitian nutritionist here in the Austin area. Um, so my background, um, you know, I, I got interested in nutrition when I was really young. I was 12 years old. I was a competitive gymnast, and it really started with, with sports. You know, I, I remember, I'm so funny looking back now because you're totally ripped as a gymnast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember, and I turned to my coach and I was like, I feel like my six-pack like, isn't as defined as other people's. And she put me on my first quote-unquote diet, um, and I'm so grateful because that's such an influential time period, and she could have said some things that really were damaging, um, but she really just kind of set me um, forward with some healthy principles. So she she gave me five rules to follow, <laughs> and and uh, and I it was it was I think no uh, no French fries, no potato chips, no soda, no candy. And I don't remember what the last one is. I think it was probably no chocolate or something, but we, I definitely didn't keep that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course not. Of course not. You know, anyway, and, um, but really those, those are not really anything super extreme, but it kind of just put me, put me on a road where I was just kind of interested in nutrition. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, sure, whatever. You know, you, you're at such a young age, you don't really like, you're like, oh, okay, just won't drink soda, no problem. Anyway, but that, that kind of evolved, you know, in high school and, when I got into college, um, and, and I kind of tried a myriad of things you hear like, oh, this is healthy. Oh, this is healthy. And so you kind of go down different paths. And um, I remember I was in college and I started, I just started my freshman year. I was scrolling through majors and I saw nutrition. And I was like, hmm, that seems like that makes sense. And I've always been interested in like fitness and, and nutrition. Um, you know, I might as well actually learn <laughs> what it is that you should should be doing, you know, or just learning more about your body and whatnot. Um, so, um, so that's what kind of sprung me into nutrition is that it really started from sports and then then kind of evolved over time. But um, so after my dietetic internship, after I graduated from undergrad, I was a clinical dietitian. I got hired on at the hospital that I interned at. Oh, that's and awesome! I covered the yeah. I um I covered the surgical telly and neurofloor, so I saw a lot of heart attacks, strokes, and then I also covered the psych unit and cross covered the eating disorder unit. So wow, uh, that's kind of a lot of different things, but it really covers a lot of you know metabolic syndrome, heart disease, stroke. Um, but then on the flip side, people who have a really negative um uh, negative relationship with food in their body. So. Um, my husband and I moved to Austin about two and a half years ago, and I decided to get out of clinical nutrition because I was sick of seeing people who were sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I really wanted to get on the preventative side of healthcare, and so, uh, so with that, I started a private practice, um, which kind of evolved over time. Um, now I'm really doing a lot more nutrition communications and media, 
um, uh, because I feel like I can get my message out to a much broader audience. Um, and then I see a, a small, uh, I see a select uh, group of, of private clients now. So um, with that, you know, my, my specialty has really been weight management, but with my background, um, I really have wanted to help uh, promote a positive relationship with food in your body throughout that process because I've seen the complete flip side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with 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 uh, with working with eating disorders, so um, really trying to work on that. And, and oftentimes, you know, even if people don't have a full blown eating disorder, you see a lot of disordered thoughts and behaviors around food, especially people who are wanting to lose weight. So just making sure that I can promote, um, you know, promote healthy habits in a sustainable way, right? Because the fad diets don't work. Um, a lot of people who come in to see me, they've, they've tried on every fad diet in the closet, <laughs> is what I call it. <laughs> and then they, they're kind of sick of it. They throw their hands up in the air and they say, okay, just help me. I need some real guidance. Um, so I have a lot of fun with that and, and just helping people, you know, feel more comfortable in their skin, uh, help people um, have a positive relationship with food in their body throughout their you know, health journey. So that's kind of where I am today. I love that. And I love your philosophy. That's essentially what drove me to you and how I found you was looking at your philosophy for food. And then I see now that you're doing a like a fad diet kind of education kind of course seminar. So that's that's really exciting. And I love that because nowadays with social media being so big and everybody having access to that fad diets are always push and push and push and we really need that educational aspect to really get people to know the truth and not be you know just like um sucked into these easy quick fixes oh yes especially I, i love that you mentioned that social media i mean there's so much of this eat like me, look like me culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 oh, this person's ripped or this person's in such great shape. I'm just going to listen to them. But they really have, you know, no real training, um, credentials, qualifications. And, you know, if you get someone with, uh, with a background or someone who's just a normal, healthy person, quote unquote, you could still, you know, cause some damage by, by, by running down these these trails, these, these trails to, to fad diets and um, that can really cause some damage to the body in the long term potentially. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people um, on social media, they take a diet that works for them and then they just push it to the masses saying that it's going to work for yes. everybody. And that's not the way the human body works. Everybody has an individualized, like they need an individualized approach. They have a metabolism for them and their body. So it's very essential that people have a plan for them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So yeah, the anecdotal just doesn't work. And you mentioned previously my um, total fad six program. So uh, what I really do with that is I take what I teach clients one-on-one or in group sessions, because I also will do um, corporate wellness. And, and um, I have a client I've done um, weight loss for high risk staff members. So um, I, I really take a, a lot of, of what I have done either in group sessions or in individual sessions. Um, and I teach that, uh, I teach it, you know, in, in a kind of uh, in your home, in the comfort of your own home sort of a way. So I know it's not always possible for everyone to be working, you know, one-on-one, but I can really help teach those principles in your home. And and I don't really believe in meal plans because meal plans just don't work. <laughs> People don't follow them. <laughs> I turn them up and down, but if I can teach you food principles, you know, to, to live by, if I, I can teach you how to plan your own meals, I can teach you how to fish for life, right? So uh, that's what I really love about the program. It's very flexible. Um, it's not one way or the highway. 
Um, but, but it really teaches those principles for long-term sustainable weight loss and helps with accountability each week and, um, you know, journaling as you're going and, um, and it's, it's video led. I also have some workouts in there. I have a certified personal trainer that I worked with for some of those, you know, at home, no excuses, workouts, beginner and advanced. And, um, anyway, so just very fun. Uh, I love it. We do every, we talk about everything from, you know, how to plan your plate to, you know, uh, to actually showing how to make some meals and navigate your way through the kitchen if it's something that you've never done before or if it's something that you have done before, then some great takeaways for how to, you know, healthify recipes that you already know and love. Um, so it really covers everything. Talk about stress management and um, making sure that she can stay on, stay on track, you know, for the lifetime. This is not a, a quick fix. It's something that helps guide you for life. I love that. Now, now that we've mentioned um, the problem with fad diets and everything, let's talk about the components of a sustainable diet and how to make your diet really a lifestyle. Now, I hate when I say just like diet because people just think, oh, because you're on a diet, like there's these <laughs> yes or no's and these food rules. And that's not the way it is or it should be. A diet is just mm-hmm. the way you eat. That's just the definition of a diet. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to restrict a certain food, but let's talk about how you can make your own diet sustainable oh absolutely I love what you said um you know we, we do ask that question you know tell me about your typical diet and uh, and a, a diet is absolutely just what you put in your mouth we're all on the diet right it's just what you've right. been eating that's <laughs> just what you it's just your typical pattern or what you ate yesterday that's that is your diet so <laughs> I've um, gotten a few people that will go like when I was in my internship with the clinical practice I'd be asking a patient like what's your diet like and they'd be like oh I'm on the seafood diet and I just look at him like I know your <laughs> sarcasm <laughs> when you see food you eat yeah. it <laughs> Um, so uh, I love the seafood diet is where it's at, right? Mm, um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. I had to mention that. Oh, you have to. The seafood diet is so, is, uh, is, is, is um, the, the never, I think it's the never aging, never aging joke, right? Yes. So, um, so for a sustainable diet, you know, you have to think about everything that goes into your food decisions. There's this, um, there's a study that uh, found that people make over 200 food decisions per day. Wow. So uh, that sounds like a lot. You think like, I don't know, I just make up what I have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but there's more to it than that, right? You think about, okay, what ingredients do I need? What time do I need to start this? What temperature does it need to go on in the oven? What temperature does the stove need to be? How much oil am I using? Um, you know, there's all sorts of decisions that go into into um, food. Um, you know, at the grocery store, which, which ingredient am I going to use? Why am I going to buy this brand over that brand? You know, these are all little food decisions that we make all the time. So you need to think about, um, you know, kind of what makes that up. So when I am working with clients, um, you know, I, I've gotten this a lot. I, in fact, I just got it last week at dinner. This is not even a client. They, he said, he said to me, he said, what is the, the best diet for the human body? What is it that every single person should be following? <laughs> and I just had to laugh. And I said, I can't tell you that. <laughs> I said, because there's so many things that go into that. I mean, you can, um, uh, you know, if you have someone who, who really wants to follow a plant-based diet, but then they have um, people in their family who are very opposed, you might have a hard time, you know, mm-hmm. always making, you know, vegan meals. If you've got someone who, you know, loves chicken, for instance, my, um, my husband has pretty much zero interest in eating like tofu or lentils or he'll eat beans and he'll eat, he'll eat some plant proteins in recipes. But, um, but, you know, if I say like, oh, we're doing lentil 
tacos tonight he's like no we're not <laughs> we're doing like we're doing lean beef tacos we're doing bison tacos or we're doing you know whatever it is he he just prefers the flavor profile of, of animal proteins right so and that's okay so it's not going to make sense for me I'm just not going to make two meals every single night um and so I know that when I'm cooking for the both of us okay I'm going to make sure that I have an animal protein in here too even though for myself I can go either way it doesn't really matter to me mm-hmm. so um, you think about what is involved in, in making a sustainable diet for your whole family. So, um, so that's kind of one part of it. The next part is there's research that shows that the number one, it's, it's by Ithic, um, they, they found that the number one um, driver of food choice is taste. Okay. I believe so it. So you really, <laughs> so for 10, it's, I, the study's been going on for either 10 or 15 years, the survey um, and every single year, taste has come out as the number one for 10 or 15 years, however long it's been going on for. So if it doesn't taste good, you're not going to eat it. <laughs> so uh, you need to have things that taste good. You, know, you need to make sure that it's not dull. You need to make sure that it's flavorful. So, you know, I like to, um, I like to tell, uh, I like to say that, you know, you can, um, you can change, you know, you can make any bad food good or good food bad just by changing the composition of the meal or the recipe. So the reason why I don't really love meal plans is because, you know, you can usually eat the things that you like. <laughs> it's not about like eating just chicken with broccoli and brown rice every day. If you think that that's what you have to do for a nutritious diet, then, you know, you're, you're out to lunch. Or maybe you're not out to lunch because you're eating the same boring thing you've eaten the same five days in a row. But, <laughs> but um you know, you can usually just take the recipes that you already know and love, make some modifications, um, and then sometimes you need to also make some adjustment on portion size, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but you That's can really trick. stick with the foods that you yeah, you need to stick with the foods that you already know and love, but how can we how can we boost nutritional value? I always say, you know, I like to think about how can I add more nutritional value into the foods that you are already eating. I don't like to give a list of don't eat this, you can never eat this. In fact when I'm working with clients, I never say you can never eat this or that. <laughs> it's just not part of it. But that naturally, the foods that, that may be less nutritious, there's not space for them. You cannot eat endlessly. So if you make sure that you eat all the nutrient-rich foods first, there's not that space usually for a ton of excess, you know, high-fat, high-sugar, high-salt foods. They're just not going to work their way in there as much because you're full. Exactly. (laughs) You're eating to to fill your body with these foods that are high in protein, high in fiber, and they're making you feel very satisfied and full. So sustainable diets, they taste good and they are uh, fulfilling, not just, not just fulfilling, you know, in that they make you feel full, but they're fulfilling that like you enjoyed the meal too. And it's something that is sustainable for the long term. So if you say that you are starting any sort of a diet, I know that you're not going to stick with it because you just called it a diet, <laughs> you know, for the average lay person, if you're not using it, how you and I use the term diet, you know, oh, I just started on the Dukin diet. I just started on the keto diet, right? That, that person, that lay person using the term diet, they're usually using that because they're, they're going to be eating this way for a short period of time Correct. rather than, uh, rather than a long-term change you know and the thing is people love sexy they love sexy diets mm-hmm. they love superfoods they love things never eat this eat this and your skin will be glowing eat this and you know you'll it's it's the fountain of youth if you drink this juice every single day right so <laughs> so um sustainable di- sustainable diets are things that you are they're really just changes for the long term 
I love that. And I love the way you described everything about a sustainable diet. I think out of all the fad diets, my favorite might be um, close to the whole 30 just because it promotes so much whole foods and it promotes the increase the the increasement of nutrient dense foods whereas it's like less potentially taking away I know it's it's very restrictive but at the same time I feel like it's a good it's a good start for adding more nutrients so when I have when I ever talk to people about starting on a quote-unquote diet I always like to say Increase your fruits and vegetables. Increase your lean proteins. Instead of saying, like mm-hmm. you said, instead of saying, don't eat this, don't eat that. It's all about adding more nutrients into your diet versus restricting the foods of your Absolutely. diet. Absolutely. Because you've got to attack so, you know, it in a positive manner. Otherwise, it's just going to, you know, be grueling and you're not even going to look forward to it. It's going to be like something that you have to do versus something that you get to do. Yes. So, you know, I like to use different examples. Say breakfast, you usually just have a, have a, you know, a a yogurt. Okay. Well, let's make it a Greek yogurt or an Icelandic steer yogurt. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be high in protein. We can add some, you know, raspberries to it, which is, you know, one of your, your highest fiber fruits. And then maybe you add some nuts to it and you could do, I like the bare bare naked fit granola. It's lighter. Uh, lighter than a lot of other conventional granola. So, you know, throw that all together. And that means you have a, um, you have a high protein food, you have fiber coming from your, uh, from your nuts and from your raspberries and from your, you know, lighter granola, your starch or grain is also going to be that, um, that lighter granola. And then you have more of a complete meal that's going to make you feel more satisfied and full throughout the day compared to your banana and coffee that you might usually have or skipping breakfast like you might usually do. So, you know, and then at salad, or sorry, at salad, <laughs> then at lunch, if you usually just have, you know, a salad that's, you know, just, uh, you know, salad and greens and tomatoes or something, well, let's add some lean protein onto it. I don't care if that's, um, you know, chicken or maybe you add some, some uh, you know, marinated tofu from that's left over from the night before and add some quinoa to it you know just bulk up the foods that you already know and love with nutrient rich foods and you're going to feel more satisfied and full less likely to snack you know i get a lot of people is it better if i eat you know three meals and three snacks per day well a lot of times people are eating you know more than just the snack yeah yeah, right so um oftentimes if you're snacking between meals you're probably not eating enough at your meals unless it's just a long stretch, sometimes between lunch and dinner, you know, if you eat at lunch at noon and dinner, not till seven or eight, then yeah, you're probably getting to have some sort of a snack, but, um, but, you know, really bulking up those meals so that you're not hungry, you know, an hour and a half later. Yeah. I remember back when the trend was to eat six small, six small meals a day. And like, you had to do that or your metabolism would slow down and it just (laughs) throws me for a loop. I'm like, eating three to four meals would be so much more filling than having six small meals and being like, okay, I got two hours and then I get my next meal, but you're still starving because your meal was not even satisfying. Right, right, absolutely. So very important that we have bulky meals that are high in fiber, high in protein that really keep you satisfied and full. So protein and fiber, they, they, uh, as you know, they both trigger those satiety signals. Um, so and, and there's been research that shows that high-protein breakfast help um, in studies that had uh, participants have a high protein breakfast versus a moderately high protein breakfast. The ones with a high protein breakfast, they voluntarily ate less calories and made healthier choices throughout the day. 
and they could eat ad libs because that means that they could eat you know whatever they wanted and as much as they wanted but because they started with a high protein breakfast it really helped carry them out throughout the remainder of the day um, and they really made better choices just on their own and um, feeling more satisfied and full beginning just even with the first meal of the day. That's, um, that's actually something that I see a lot is um, protein not distributed properly. So mm-hmm. especially American diet, you know, we tend to have a very low, low protein diet, uh, low protein at breakfast. And then moderate at lunch, and then dinner we just totally protein load. <laughs> pound it through. It's not usually, yeah, we just pound it right. And and it's not usually that people need more protein per se, although it is the case in some in some instances. But usually we just need to redistribute that protein so Correct. we're having adequate protein at each of our meals, and not just totally protein loading at dinner. And that really helps keep you more satisfied and full throughout the day, for sure. Not only that, like most of my audience, they're fitness fanatics or people that love weightlifting. If you divide those up to three to four servings, you're maximizing your protein synthesis just by dividing up your protein evenly throughout the day. Um, And that's actually something that had always bothered me in the clinical practice with seeing like little tube feeding drips was like, knowing that there weren't any boluses of protein going on. I was like, come on, guys. Right. Yeah, often, yeah, usually in the clinical setting, we're, we're running that 22 hours a day or 24, you know, give or take for showers and, and whatnot changing. But uh, but a lot of times I, I was always happy to see, you know, if someone's going to be on long-term tube feeding and they're able to do bolus feeding, that's always, always desirable. But, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the exactly. normal, typical a healthy adult population, making sure that we are um, balancing those meals. And, you know, we talked a lot about protein, but, but really fiber, right? So where do we find fiber in our plant foods? <laughs> and we find fiber from plants. So making sure that we're really loading up on, on um, our, you know, fruits, vegetables, non-starchy vegetables, especially um, whole grains, beans, legumes, those are all great sources of, of fiber. So fiber and protein, they both trigger those satiety signals. So making sure that you're getting plant foods in every single one of your meals, not just, you know, oh, I had one salad at lunch today, so like I'm good for the rest of the day. But, you know, the recommendation is having you know, at least five servings of fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And I usually like to say that fruits and non-starchy vegetables. I put starchy vegetables in my starches and grains category. Um, I agree. Uh, but those non-starchy vegetables with with fruits and fruits, at least five servings a day. Some guidelines recommend eight to 10 servings per day. So, uh, and I would say, definitely say most people who come to me are not eating that much fiber per day and, and not eating adequate fruits and vegetables. So I find, um, you know, depending on your age and sex, that's where the fiber recommendations come from. But for most ladies, about 25, 21, 25 grams, most men, 35 or more, 35 grams or so. And you can really have tons of fiber. You can have more than that. That's just kind of the lower end, you know, recommendation. But a lot of people, when they come to see me, they're maybe getting between six and nine grams of fiber per day is pretty normal for someone who's just kind of starting out. So that's crazy. Um, most people need, most people need to like, at least quadruple, <laughs> at least quadruple how much fiber they're getting just from, you know, uh, plant sources that's going to be your fruits, vegetables, especially non-starchy vegetables, and then um, other high fiber foods like whole grains and um, beans, lentils, legumes, nuts are going to have some as well. So um, making sure that we're really filling up on high fiber foods in each meal as well. 
Yeah. Now, something I do want to ask you a question about, because it's it's a hot topic, apparently, is sure. your thoughts on people avoiding grains. Oh, yeah. Very popular. So in my opinion, um, I am a huge proponent of, of whole grains as long as they fit with your food, food philosophy. Okay. So this, again, goes back to sustainability. So um, grains are a nutrient-rich source of, um, of fiber. They also are high in a lot of B vitamins. Some are going to contain a fair amount of protein as well. Not going to be super high protein, but you're still going to get, you know, one serving of oatmeal is still going to get you about five grams of protein, which isn't crazy, but five grams of protein will definitely add into your, you know, breakfast. So, um, so I, uh, so I am a, I'm a proponent of, of grains personally. I find that my clients are more satisfied with their meals mm-hmm. if they include sources of, of, of carbohydrate, especially starches or grains with their meals. So um, I mentioned I kind of interchange starchy vegetables and grains together. So I'm not going to say like, yes, have brown rice and a potato at your dinner. At the same time, I would choose one or the other. But I find when people have starches and grains with their meals, they feel more satisfied. So, you know, adding, you know, a slice of whole grain toast with your um, eggs, your egg scramble in the morning or adding quinoa to your salad at lunch or, you know, having a small serving of, um, of some whole grain pasta as a side with your dinner, right? So pasta is not the main entree, but pasta is a side dish, you know, with your dinner. I find that people just generally are are going to gravitate towards fulfilling their desire for carbohydrate because it's, it, we crave it. Um, and it's, carbohydrate is your body's favorite source of fuel. Um, I find that they don't fill that void with less nutritious sources of carbohydrate if they include starches and grains. So for instance, I have, I'll have ladies come in and they say, oh, I don't eat carbs, right? Which isn't actually true because they do. They just are trying to <laughs> yeah. tell me that they don't eat, <laughs> that they don't eat, you know, pasta and starches yeah. is basically what they're trying to tell me. Yeah. Um, especially, particularly grains. Um, but then, you know, but then, you know, okay, well, how's that been going? Oh, it's usually really good. And then we, things start kind of going along, but they actually are chowing down on like, four cookies while they're making dinner because they're rewarding themselves because they didn't have any bread or pasta all day. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? So, mm-hmm, yeah. So I find that it, it, <laughs> I find that if my, if, um, if people include, you know, a nutrient rich, you know, grain or starch with their meals, they're more satisfied, uh, and full and, and, but I mean, psychologically also more satisfied, not just like, Oh, I feel full because, because I ate that, you know, a certain amount, but, but I actually feel fulfilled, you know, in that meal and I enjoyed that meal and that makes it more sustainable in the long run. So, and they are less likely to binge on, um, on less nutrient rich sources of carbohydrate if they include nutrient rich sources of, of carbohydrate like starches and, and whole grains. Yeah. I'm definitely so in a my, in my, yeah. So, and, and there's great research on, you know, de- decreased risk of cardiovascular disease, you know, including these. And I always like to say too, you know, um, uh, you know, when you're eating good for you foods, it's really hard to overdo it. Like if you were starving, Lacey, like how many cups of brown rice could you eat? Right. I definitely, they're very filling. Maybe like a cup and a half and then you'd be like, no, really, I'm good. Right. Same thing with like, you know, I get the question with fruit too. Oh, should I avoid fruit? It's too high in sugar. Like if you were starving, how many apples could you eat? probably not more than three, <laughs> like you're going to be over it. You know, if you're eating these, you know, high fiber foods, 
um, that it's really hard to overdo it on good fruits and versus if you have you know fried rice or if you've got uh, which is not going to be made with brown you know you typical fried rice um, it's going to be you know much easier to to overdo it if you're mm-hmm. having you know cookies or whatnot instead because I mean, a lot of those high fat high sugar high salt foods they override those satiety signals that let you know that you're full right so anyway bottom line I'm a proponent of including grains in the diet whole grains in the diet and um and and good you know sources of, of starches and grains to help you feel more satisfied and full. it's going to make it more sustainable in my opinion and in my experience i see it over and over again that said i do have you know some clients that they just prefer a lower carbohydrate diet um and they don't really enjoy breads and pastas and if you don't like them i'm not going to make you eat them right i want to make sure that we're getting uh you know uh, an appropriate amount of carbohydrate from some sort of a source, but I'm, this goes back to sustainability. I'm also not going to force someone to eat them that just doesn't like them or mm-hmm. just, you know, they ha- their palate doesn't gravitate that, that way. So that's fine. You know, what's interesting about weight management is there's, you can have such a wide range of, you know, macronutrient distribution ranges, you know, coming from carbohydrate, fat, protein, and you still see weight loss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because, uh, it, it really, it's not necessarily like, oh, it has to be this percentage of carb and this percentage of fat and this percentage of protein. And it can be such a wide range, but you know what? You got to stick with it and you got to like it and you have to have nutrient rich sources of each of those macronutrients in order mm-hmm. for it to stick with you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think another two things that are very important in regards to the sustainability toolbox, I like to think of it as, is learning portion control, portion sizes via your hand. That's the biggest thing. And I know we use that in nutrition. Um, and then being able to read food labels correctly and know what specific macronutrients are. So knowing sources of fats, knowing sources of carbohydrates, um, and then being able to kind of picture and being able to switch out different sources of those things. Like say you want to have a meal, you want to have a lunch or dinner, and you want to have quinoa versus brown rice. You can kind of understand that they're mm-hmm. about going to be about the same, a cup of each. Or if you have mm-hmm. a cup of rice versus like one slice of bread, knowing that those are different carbohydrate like contents they have different amounts of carbohydrates in them as well as different amounts of protein as well as different amounts of fiber just learning nutrients in food I think is very very important I love that you mentioned that you know that's something that we go in depth in in my total fat fix program as well as reading food labels and um and I have this plan your plate um document that kind of uh, and and we we talk all about it but breaking down you know these are sources of protein mm-hmm. these are sources of carbohydrate these are sources of you know uh of, you know th- these are non-starchy vegetables this is a starchy vegetable right and, and it kind of breaks those down because a lot of people they don't know <laughs> right and no. they might think that they do you know i had i had someone that was hellbent on on saying that broccoli was a source of protein <laughs> <laughs> i just I mean, I just, I, I, it didn't matter how many times I tried to explain that it was not a source of protein, right? But, but people think that they know food better than they do, right? Because you talk to people and they say, oh, I know nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I know nutrition. I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> oh, I had a patient um, one time tell me, oh, I could be a registered dietitian. I know all about my diet. I'm like, okay, tell me about it. <laughs> right right so um so yeah that's definitely something that especially we dive into in the total fat fix program but wherever you are in your on your health journey you know understanding food labels how to read them and what foods are sources of you know this nutrient or that nutrient 
Um, and, you know, I like to, I like to, I call it my plan your plate method um, of how I, how I like to teach. And, and that's because people don't eat nutrients, people eat food. So if I can say, you know, uh, okay, here are your protein foods, you know, choose one of these. Here are your starches and whole grains, choose one of these. Here are your non-starchy vegetables, you know, include one of these. Uh, here are healthful sources of fat, choose one of these. Here are, you know, most people know their fruits. So you don't have to break that down too much. But, um, but breaking it down and making, you know, making nutrition into these bite-sized pieces makes it easier for people to swallow some of those basic concepts and principles. And it really helps make it more sustainable because it puts them in the driver's seat and they can make, you know, more informed, better decisions, but still, you know, make healthy eating fun and easy. Yeah, exactly. So um, for one of our last topics, let's just quickly go over how we can make healthy eating fun. I know that you are a kind of a food blogger and you have several recipes and food ideas, meal planning, stuff like that. So what are your biggest tips for how people can make healthy food fun? Oh, yes. So um, I would, first of all, go to my website and download my very top banner. It says 12 ways to skinny down any recipe. And download that. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing to do. Um, what that does is I give 12 easy ways that you can modify any recipe virtually. Okay. That's so, awesome. So, uh, you know, here's, here's how we can, you know, easy things like, okay, let's swap out the oil in a recipe for applesauce. That's super easy if you're doing like sweet breads. That's an easy hack. Um, or, you know, making, um, you know, if you're, you have a recipe that calls for, you know, full fat cottage cheese. You can do a low fat cottage cheese. I'm not saying that you need to do fat free for sure, but like that's a way to just cut some calories if that's something that's important to you, right? So mm-hmm. not that every single thing in your life needs to be, you know, low fat or reduced sugar or whatever, this or that, but it can help slash calories, you know, in some ways, but not take away from flavor um, in every case. So um, those are just some, some easy things to do um, uh, with pastas instead of using a, a regular pasta, you know, choosing a whole grain pasta. Um, it, sometimes they're, they can be hard to find, but you can find almost any pasta in a whole grain version. The one that's hardest to find, I find, is, is orzo, but I have found it um, by Rice Select. They have an orzo that's really yummy. Um, but anyway, I give, I give, you know, 12 different ways that you can help modify any recipe that you already know and love and make it, you know, higher in fiber, higher in protein, um, and, and beef, up your, beef up your meal with, um, with you know, leaner, uh, leaner proteins, you know, cho- making sure that you're choosing lean cuts um, and whatnot. But that can make take meals that you already know and love, but make them, you know, healthier. So that's the first place to go. Um, secondly, I love Pinterest. <laughs> um, it really helps give me ideas. And it's then fantastic. I can kind of modify from there. So I, I usually like to try like at least one new recipe per week. Uh, sometimes if I'm feeling, you know, really awesome, then maybe I'll do two. But if you can just try maybe one new recipe each week or maybe do every other week, that can help keep it interesting. You don't have to eat the same thing every day. I don't want you to eat the same thing every day. <laughs> um, so keeping it interesting by, by uh, you know, spicing up your meals and, and adding new things into the rotation helps keep it, helps keep it fun. Yeah. And it's so. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, that was it. Okay. So yeah, I definitely am a firm believer in enjoying the foods that you love and not making it boring because then you're not going to stick to it if it's boring. And then you're going to feel even more restricted and then you're going to just go off, go after those foods that satisfy your cravings. So 
everybody go download that on her website if you <laughs> want an easy quick tool to help you fix your recipes there's also so many resources on the internet these days guys there's there are websites with multiple multiple healthy eating meals and instagrams healthy food prep instagrams and don't be afraid to do your research and just pick a meal and just try it absolutely yeah just give it a whirl and i am i'm a firm believer in just swapping things out you know um you know you can you can start especially on pinterest you can start with like healthy grilled chicken or whatever it is. Um, but if you find a recipe or if you have a recipe from home, you know, I have some recipes that I've grown up on and I've just modified them over the years. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have, you know, your mom's favorite lasagna or whatever, okay, well, you can make that lasagna and let's make it with whole grain noodles. Uh, you can use less noodles than maybe that she did and you can add a ton of vegetables into it. You know, I like to do sliced, um, sliced zucchini and yes. I'll slice it lengthwise. I'll do zucchini and I'll do eggplant. Um, and then for extra protein, uh, you can even do it vegetarian if you do it this way, but you can just do um, like a cottage cheese. Um, and, you know, I, I have actually a, a, a crock pot, um, high protein vegetarian lasagna recipe on my website. So um, anyway, but you can take recipes that you already know and love and just modify them, you know, and, and you can also judge food by the company it keeps. So, you know, um, you know, people think like, oh, a hamburger is like the worst meal ever. Right. Well, you're probably thinking of it like super oozy with cheese with like french fries and a beer okay but maybe we make it like slider size we use a super lean ground beef like 93 percent leaner leaner you could even do bison bison is leaner than chicken breast so you could do that and you do it on a whole grain bun and then you pair it with some really nice grow vegetables i mean and maybe some fruit on the side because it's summer and so dang hot outside i mean like you can totally change the healthfulness by just altering the composition of the recipe or altering the composition of the meal. Exactly. If you make it yourself, you can make anything. Seriously, people make like barbecue chicken wings that are super healthy. And don't be afraid to get creative. I, I hate when people are like, oh, I can't do chicken. It's so boring. I'm like, grab you a crock pot and you can try like 15 billion different <laughs> sauces with your crock pot chicken. <laughs> Zero excuses. You're going to love it. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, and then batch cooking makes it so much easier too. In fact, my favorite thing to do, I just always make extra and eat it for lunch the next day. That's what I always do. <laughs> People are like, what do you eat for lunch? I'm like, leftovers. <laughs> I just eat whatever I had from dinner the night before. Or say I have leftover chicken, I'll throw it into a salad the next day. So you can reuse things, um, you know, reuse the same protein and, 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 and serve it in different ways, you know, throughout the week so that it's not just five days of the same lunch every single day or five days of the same dinner every single day with batch cooking. Yeah, no, I really love that because I know if you, a lot of, some people, a lot of people, they'll meal prep on Sundays and they'll create their meals for the week. And the thing about that is by the time you get to Thursday or Friday, your meal's not going to taste good or have a good texture. So cooking your meals the night before could definitely be a lot more beneficial. Yes, and and if I do... Um, you know, do things for throughout the week. I usually will do Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, so I'll do Sunday for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday lunch, and then Wednesday for Thursday, Friday. And when my husband has had to travel for work, but like driving distance travel, but stay out of town, um, I, we've done, I've done that for him before so that it stays, you know, it's not just the same thing all the time and it can stay fresh. And some foods you actually don't really want to keep five days just 
sorry, inner food safety Stacey coming out. Yes, please. In, in my past life, I was a in my past life I was a supervisor for the um, uh, dietary uh, department. So anyway, so I also covered the kitchen there, and and so I have some inner food safety Stacey that comes out <laughs> and throws things away all the time. <laughs> oh, I bet. I know my family's really bad about um, just leaving food in the fridge, and then. I'll go oh. home and it's been like, what, two months? And I'll go home and I'm like, mom, that chicken's still in the fridge. It's been two months. I'm like, take <laughs> the chicken out after five days. People just don't know or they forget. And it's just so yes. important. So yeah, I know you understand yes. that. Yes. And, but also, you know, making sure that you just take, that you can take like 10 or 15 minutes and kind of make a rough sketch of what your week looks like meal wise you can also reduce food waste because what we don't want to do is spend a whole bunch of money on food and then throw things away. That's not sustainable either, just in terms of the environment. So exactly. you want to make sure that you eat what you buy and eat what you prepare um, and reuse, you know, reuse ingredients. If you've got leftovers, throw them in this. Um, like eggs are kind of a catch-all. So if I'm doing scrambled eggs and I've got leftover asparagus, I love asparagus in, in my eggs. And I would not have known that if I didn't have leftover asparagus from dinner the night before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, make sure that you can, you can always throw things in to, to other meals. Oh, you know, this doesn't call for this, but let's add some diced bell pepper to it. You know, you can always just add things into meals, um, especially those, those vegetables to help boost the fiber in your meal. Exactly. Okay. Stacey, thank you so much for your time. I, it's been such an honor to have you on my podcast. Um, if there's any last minute words you would like to say for my listeners, or if you can tell my listeners where they can find you, if they want to contact you, that would be great. Oh, yes. So um, you can find me on my blog, which is Stacey, S-T-A-C-E-Y, Mattinson, M-A-T-T-I-N-S-O-N.com. And my Instagram, which is Full of just meal ideas is um, again just Stacy Mattinson. Also on Twitter, Stacy Mattinson, and um, you can find me at all of those places. Also on Facebook, but it's Stace Mattinson. No why? <laughs> For some reason, it was it was taken with the why. So um, you can find me all those places. Um, my, if I have two goals, they're one to make healthy eating fun and easy, and two to take the fear out of food. So if I can help you accomplish both of those goals and make this a sustainable long-term change for you, then I'm happy to be by your side for your health journey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and I hope you have a fabulous night and thank you so much again for being on my podcast.